0: Hello and welcome to the Mullooly Asset Management Podcast for September 18th, 2013. This is Brendan and today Tom and I are going to be talking about rebalancing and how it can actually put your portfolio
1: out of whack. Yeah, and you would think with a a term like rebalancing it would actually put you back on track, but that really isn't the case, is it? No. So rebalancing
0: is related to asset allocation models.
1: Yeah, and there's plenty of people in my industry that talk about asset allocation and the efficient market theory but again these are all theories they don't have you know decades and centuries of documented proof and people are experimenting with their own money trying these asset allocation approaches and the whole idea behind that approach is that you're never going to know from year to year quarter to quarter or decade to decade Which area of the market is going to do best? Which sector is going to be favored? What will do best? And so what they advocate then is really just spreading money all over the place into lots of different asset classes. And it's kind of like having, you know, $2 on every horse in the race to win. Yeah. (laughs) Not Not really Not the best strategy. No, I don't think so. Yeah. All right,
0: so let's talk a little more about rebalancing.
1: Okay. The whole idea behind rebalancing is your advisor will uh, review your account every quarter or maybe once a year and find that one or two or maybe three different portions of your asset allocation pie have grown more than others. And so the idea behind rebalancing is to sell portions of those areas that have grown and reinvest the money into areas that have fallen behind. So, essentially, when I sit down with clients, I explain it this way, so what we're going to be doing is we're going to be selling what's working and we're going to be adding money to what hasn't been working. (laughs) Seems a bit ridiculous. It really, you know, when you explain it that way to clients, they kind of shake their head too and say, gee, I, I don't really understand why we would do that and that's a good question. You know, uh, You know, why do we do uh, something like that where we're selling what's working, selling what's working and, and putting money into what hasn't been? Well, I know that rebalancing
0: became popular in 2000 when people were too heavily invested in Internet stocks. Right. So they had grown to like 80% even in some cases of their portfolio in these Internet Stocks, and then they ended up losing a lot of money on it. So, I mean, I guess that's mainly uh, an example of why people would think rebalancing is a good idea.
1: It's the first time that I heard of it was in the year 2000 when uh, the brokerage firm that I was working for at the time started having meetings with their brokers, trying to get their clients to uh, say going forward, hey, we're not going to make this mistake again, and have 80 five percent of your assets in dot-com stocks that blew up Um, and this is really the first time that we ever heard about rebalancing. Now, on the flip side, the Dorsey Wright chart work that we employ here told us very clearly, in fact, I can even give you the date, on March 14th of 2000, uh, not only did the internet sector but all small caps flipped out of favor on that day, we could see it coming for a few weeks. It was slowing down and starting to tip over, and we saw these charts break their support lines in March of 2000. And as you've probably heard me say on other podcasts and and in um, and elsewhere on the web, that when your charts break support lines, it's time to go, no matter what your emotional attachment is to the investments. When those things happen, it's time to leave. And so even if you didn't take the first signal in March of 2000, if you sold it in April or even in May of 2000, you still had plenty of time to get out without too much damage to your portfolio. And so we found that you know maybe automatically rebalancing may not be the answer. Yeah. We do like to move from sectors to sectors to find out what's working, but it's not necessarily... Not just because
0: it's the end of a quarter. We right. do it when, when it's time to move on from a sector. And because when... the charts tell us.
1: Yeah, and exactly. One of the things that we say all the time around here is when the charts change, we'll change. Right. But not before that. Yeah. So... Uh... What's
0: another problem you could think of involving rebalancing?
1: Well, uh, uh, another one is that a lot of times uh, the advisors aren't clear on how they're allocating the assets. Are they uh, uh, allocating per global market? For instance, are we going to have fifty percent of our assets in the U.S. and twenty-five percent in developed countries, twenty-five percent emerging markets? Are they allocating by asset class? I want to have. 50% in large cap, 25% in mid cap, things like that. Or are they doing it by sector? I want to have money in um, technology. I want to have it in a portion in consumer stocks. I want to have a portion in manufacturing. It's never very clear uh, how things are supposed to get allocated. Yeah. So
0: some assumptions that rebalancers tend to make are that equities, so stocks, are more volatile than bonds. What do you think about that?
1: Well, that may have been the case uh, for the last few years, but at some point, you know, interest rates are down near zero. At some point, interest rates are going to start moving up. And I think fixed income bond investors are going to find out, if they haven't already, that bonds can be extremely volatile held at the wrong times. And so I can't except that equities are always going to be more volatile than bonds. That just, I I don't hold that as a rule. The other assumption that you get with rebalancers is that you should always take the buy and hold approach. We don't advocate trading, we don't think it really works very well for most people, but we don't like buy and hold, or sometimes we call it buy and mold. Uh, We just don't think that's really the right approach. And as we said earlier, When sectors move in and out of favor, we want to start making changes in our client accounts. One other thing I'll I'll add to this is, you know, probably the biggest advocate of buy and hold is Warren Buffett. He's doing pretty well for himself. I think he's doing okay. But you don't see him going in every quarter and rebalancing his assets. I mean, it it just doesn't make sense. And we uh, cited an article below this uh, on the website where we talked about how uh, it was a Forbes article where they talked about how quarterly rebalancing is busy work for your advisor. That may or may not be true, but you know, when we talk about different securities uh, mentioned in this podcast, we want to make sure that you understand that none of the securities that we mentioned represent a past specific recommendation of Maluli Asset Management. And this video is not a recommendation to buy or sell any of the securities we mentioned here. More importantly, if you're relying on a podcast for investment advice, we think you might be making a a big mistake. And so we strongly urge our listeners to consult with their investment advisor before they make a decision to buy or sell any kind of investment. Now, if you don't have an investment advisor, we'd be happy to answer whatever questions you might have. You can call us at 732-223-9000 or you can find us on the web at maluli.net. Okay, hey, that's all we have for this week hopefully you learned something
0: about rebalancing today from us and we'll be back next week with a new topic thanks for listening